1: up everyone this is the go long podcast an emergency edition of the go long podcast so emergency ish that we don't have a microphone the connector is somewhere in my office at home but we're here at hamburg brewing company so if the volume if the audio is a little
2: odd that will you, you don't need why. to be you don't need to hear the criticism about the audio today it's there's a reason you don't, we don't have the mic yes yes but when you're when you put out a story like this we need to talk about it we do we have to get into it this was good this was a good one today and what better place to talk yeah. about it than hamburg brewery cheers cheers everybody out there thanks so much
1: for listening watching however you take this podcast Always. and we are at Hamburg Brewing Company drinking a little Louie. Little I'm very very I'm
2: very very again. Yeah, you're, you're back on those sours. It's making me it makes me think I'm it's 80 degrees out.
1: Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, it's it's good to tap into that a little I'm trying bit. Trying
2: to trick myself. Yeah.
1: But you're right. I felt at Bolong it was time to try to get some answers to nobody else has it. Nobody else has Dawson Knox put an unspoken tragedy. 13 seconds, everybody saw what happened at Arrowhead. Um, Obviously an epic, instant, classic game, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, going back and forth. But, you know, whether it was after the game in the immediate aftermath, the head coach, Sean McDermott, execution, right? No details. Um, Then 48 hours later, locker room cleanup day via Zoom press conferences execution leave it at that combine. combine tim graham excellent reporter of the athletic buddy of mine he's down there he asked you know, i loved how he framed it too like people want to know fans want to know um given you know the magnitude of this game how it ended and the, the line did not change he said it was addressed to the level it needed to be addressed and um uh, I'm not gonna lie, Jim. I think as I kind of learn more about football, and we, we talk about this a lot on the podcast, I, t- I take a very like populist view of football in terms of thinking of the people that we see day in and day out. Whether it's it's family members, it's friends, it's it's people that are you know, living, eating, sleeping, breathing this team. I mean, it's it is religious around here, and. They're the ones that are gonna be paid for this stadium. They're the ones that are sitting out there when it's negative whatever degrees. And I feel like I media, whatever. I mean the media, I don't care. For these people that you filibuster on and on about and love and you know, you can say all the great things you want to say about the fans, but you're not giving them an answer. Second them anything. Sean, Sean, right. Sean McDermott. You have have to stand there and like list off name to name to name, but Something beyond the cyborg response of execution is needed. I would say we just saw John Robinson, the Titans' general manager, in tears a month and a half later. It's not like he just sat there and said exactly what went wrong and what he did wrong. But my God, you could feel it was real. I feel like the I feel like nothing. It was weird. So there's that, right? Like that's what. What really got the wheels turned on this story Jim is when I reached out to players they got the same response they
2: didn't they didn't feel like there was closure behind the scenes they wanted to they 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 wanted to talk about it. right the, the guys that you spoke with they wanted to it's almost like how Sometimes when we come on here and I talk about a, a bet that we lost, and I need to talk about it because it was so <laughs> bad, and you just can't believe sometimes how you lose same a bet. exact thing. Same exact. But they thing. couldn't believe how they lost. Yeah, and they needed. They want somebody. Look, no, it wasn't. They're trying to say you owe it to your players as the head coach. They're trying to say don't blame
1: us on this one, right? You and I. I get it. You're not. You're, you're not in there watching film. When the season's over, to prepare for the next game, but they had a team meeting and it was very generic from what I was told. I should say this too, Jim like, we're going to talk about the story, we'll talk about Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, but in terms of the nitty gritty detail, um, encourage everybody out there to subscribe. It's it's for subscribers only, gotta do it, gotta do it on this. Um, it's about I don't know, close to 7,000 words, trying to look at every nook, every cranny of 13 I
2: seconds. I couldn't stop reading it. I mean, I, I felt like I was telling, I, I felt like I was right there in that special teams huddle before they went out. The way you described it, it made so much sense. And it took me back to the days with Rex, where- Who would have thought anybody would say that? Where, you know, Sean was hired to avoid the no communication, the chaos on the field. Nobody knows what they're doing. Here it is. That's such a great point. I mean, that's what I thought of when I read that, the way that was described. And I can't imagine Terry, like, you know,
0: that's that's what he was trying to avoid.
2: I mean, this is what you, this is what Sean has done a good job of. I mean, it's basically. They turned the team around like they did. Now, number one reason is because of the quarterback. But number two is that defense special teams have been rock solid for them. The moment of truth is like a corner or safety when you got to make that pick. The moment of truth, we always call it. And Sean, Leslie, Frey, it, it seemed like there's some, they froze. How I how I interpreted kind of the, that part and I'm hard to believe. It, it it's a great
1: comparison. I remember covering those rec, that Rex team That's in the 2015. Time that... Yeah,
3: like, and it
1: was. I mean, you could really early on in training camp. I remember Preston Brown saying how he was up all night at St. John Fisher trying to grasp this playbook and the checks on the checks on the checks and and so many code words was trying to explain like this is going to be. He knew that treacherous, and it was. I mean, you could see it on the field. Remember the players running in, running out, guys just springing wide open. Um, You got Marcel Darius dropping back into coverage. Mario Williams bitching about stuff. You know, three, four weeks into the season. I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It was extreme. But your point is, in the moment when you need discipline, when you need detail, you need nuance, you need calm. It. Everybody was, here's what's crazy, Jim. You, you look at the defense and the way they were aligned for those two plays, the 19 yarder to Tyreek Hill, the 25 yarder to Travis Kelsey, it's uniform. And there aren't players running all over. There no, aren't coaches, they were doing what- They were doing what they were told in that moment. And, but it was wrong. Like it was ridiculous. Like how was that your plan? How was that the plan, right? How is, how is your quarterback way out there? I think what you were getting at, maybe I'm jumping the gun a little no, bit. No, no. You're getting at that touchback where, again, please read the story, subscribe. greatly appreciate everybody who does, but we get into that communication aspect between Pete Carwell, Sean McDermott, Tyler Bass, the kickoff team, and what the hell was going on. There's people who still don't know, but we tried to piece it together, and I don't know... How you can basically, I don't know. I don't know how you can come away from what what I heard from these players and think that Sean Derr wasn't because the special
2: teams coordinator is calling for the split.
1: How and does Tyler this, Bass kicks
2: it out? What coordinator leaves a team for the same job? How do you leave Josh Allen for Jacksonville unless you are? extremely not happy dealing with the head coach. That's how I take that. I don't see how a guy, I don't, I just don't think coaches are jumping ship right now for a parallel move when you have Josh Allen. Cause you know, right away, you, your, your playoffs are a given now. That now it's about, you know, how we're gonna win the Super Bowl. And that that that, that, that thing, for, for Sean to have given that message,
3: not it.
2: Whether it was
3: early or in the- Or and get
1: it,
2: like you said, Bastin.
1: Yeah, it, I, I kind of let the players explain to themselves yeah. in the story. That part is just, it's nuts. Like, how does the kicker not right. He want, what I was told is McDermott wanted to kick it out. He wanted the touchback. And
3: farewells tone to special teams. Squib, squib. You're and
2: so your take is that he was going against Sean. Yeah, there's a difference. Yeah.
1: And whether or not they agreed to do the squib and it didn't get to Tyler Bass, it's either that or it's either McDermott just overruled him. It's I mean different. which that would – I mean, head coach, obviously. There's a lot of time as well. I timed it out. They're, they're, they had a lot of time from Gabe Davis' touchdown to get
2: that figured, out. To that, get that figured that, out. I like that part of the story, how you you pointed some things out to me I didn't think about, like the timeouts before the plate. Like, they really – they weren't in a rush. No rush. It wasn't Hunter Skelter. There was all the time in the world.
1: And that's what – that's what it –
3: yeah. And,
1: and, you know, people might – I will say this. I feel like readers and listeners and fans in general get it. You know, this was a game that they'll never forget for the rest of their lives and they want to learn more, and it's greatly appreciated that there's a lot of measured fans out there that get that. There are some that just think, oh, move on already. Whatever. I don't want to, Like, what does it matter? This matters this because – This team, these players, I'm telling you, talking to them one by one, they knew for a fact that they were going to beat whichever team they played. They're watching the Super Bowl knowing that they would have been Super Bowl champs. I can't imagine what a parade looks like in downtown Buffalo. I can't imagine what a Super Bowl would do for the city, for the team. For legacies, I mean, really careers and legacies are defined right now. Sean McDermott, this is what he's known for.
2: It's how you get Look, so it's how everybody everybody benefits. Like, you know, I benefited from our Super Bowl in New Orleans. You know, it it gives you some credibility as a a scout or assistant coach. You know, you see what Dable and Joe Shane, you know, that that, but a lot of that goes to Josh, you know, a lot of that's because of Josh Allen. This puts like, we talked about this, but it's so hard to get back. It is. And I know we beat that into the ground, but I think this story really – It's expl- hard to get that feeling back, you know? It, it that is. That knowing that you're going
1: to kick a team's ass, that, you're, that you've got Josh Allen, they don't, and you're going to score every time you have the ball. It's hard it's to right. get that
2: – you beat a feeling. You, you, you had a home game in Buffalo coming. Yeah. And you were going to win that game. And they know it and they're sick about it and they want to talk about. It. And that's why whoever you know, that's why those some of those guys wanted to talk about. It, it helps to talk about those bad things and it's therapeutic to the an It's therapeutic to an the extent. And you yep. know, I, I that's how I read this story. I really just I, I kept putting myself thinking about being up in the box with Terry or at that point. In the game they were probably down they were in the locker room at that point you know you go down a little early how's Terry taking in this all oh this
1: this game oh I, what I it don't means for you Sean
2: McDermott, know this is hard you experienced just in like, general Terry or anybody any owner GM coach you lose a game like that you have to really gear up now because you know this is your time of year the free agency and draft but it's hard to even want to watch football I'm Like, now they should be okay now, but like we talked about this too, but I'd, I'd love to know how many of those guys really watched the, you know, AFC championship. It's hard. It's hard. You're like, I, that should be us. That should be us. Like, I told you, when we lost to the 49ers, the Saints that year, when, they, you know, they split the safeties to Vernon Davis. I didn't watch football. I didn't watch the next game. That was our year to win the Super Bowl. Same exact thing, and I couldn't watch it, so I get it. And I was a scout. It's I'm not. A- you're not as invested as, even as a coach or a player. I mean, those guys could. I mean, Josh seems all right. Josh seems pretty good on vacation. Yeah. I saw him doing it with Sam Darnold and hanging out, but, but as he should, as he should and deserves. But when I say he's not okay, he's sick to his stomach. We know the competitor he is, and. It's, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has
1: won one Super Bowl. Dan Marino has, Drew 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 one. has won. Drew has It's hard. It's,
2: it's unbelievably hard. It's hard. is loaded with quarterbacks. I just well, I was thinking about that when John Robinson was, you know, was tearing up, and I was like, I wonder if he's tearing up too because, yeah, I'm sorry, man, but you want to talk about hard to get back. Like, you were a one seed with a, a, an average quarterback at best. When you're looking at the AFC and you're looking at how the hell are we didn't get back to being a one seed, these guys we got to go against. So he's probably like they know they had an opportunity that they blew. To
3: I want to
1: ask you about the the idea of accountability, though. So like, yeah, this is a coach who has harped on it and process and culture and buying in and being detailed in the off season and. And and look, I I know I like to make fun of that kind of stuff.
2: He did change the culture. It was real I mean, it was bad with Rex. bad with the whole building. Like right. we talked about that, it needed. He did the right. He changed the whole building. But if you're going to say this all, then you
1: and you are at fault. I think we can. I can confidently say that. Um, The non-squib to the defensive alignment, and we we could have done another thousand words on overtime, you are the the head coach, you are a defensive head coach, you are at fault, and the accountability is something brief that happened in the heat of the moment in a locker room scene that people can read when they subscribe. (laughs) that,
2: That part, I didn't, I mean.
1: Yeah, it was
2: it was interesting. Well, so goes I'm, I'm, just, I'm okay. just saying though, like, is, yes.
1: is is there something to that? So you I, you're around Sean Payton for some brutal losses. Brutal. I'll, I'll even like say this: we poked fun at Rex Ryan. Holy Rex, cow! Rex was the most account- he, he'd stand there and take there. literal bullets
2: for his players. I, and, and that's who Sean, I agree with you. This was his chance to get out there and just tell everybody what happened. I said, look. I didn't do a good job of communicating to the kicker or we didn't do a good job communicating to the special teams coach to like, just say it. And everybody would say, thank you. Like, I, they just want, people just want to know. And I'm with you, you start using code words and now it's like, now you're asking people to dig into the story and right. or now players are like, oh, you're pointing it on us, execution? Okay, guess what, we'll,
1: we'll speak to Tyler. And you've lived in this game, that is, what it means if you hear scheme like and that's what i why, just feel like on the, are, yeah. on the flip side talking oh, to players when they start talking about scheme they're blaming the coaches no
3: question.
1: when you're talking to coaches and they're talking Whenever about player says that
2: was called i
3: did yes. i ran
2: the play that was called
1: completely so it's one of the players that i talked to for this story i asked him specifically when you heard sean mcdermott use the word execution did you interpret that as this was the player's
3: fault? And he
1: said, Yes, that others felt that way. So, I it's a moment in time, I think that it probably did piss off some players. That being said, I don't think that it's necessarily going to linger no seven uh, months from now
3: into no, the trading camp. No, week one. That, that wouldn't I, I don't. be.
2: That's not Sean's style. As he's trying as hard as he can to move forward, but everybody yeah. keeps asking about it, but he's moving forward. That's his message, I'm moving forward. And he should, you have to at some point. That's one of those where it's not gonna cost him his job, it'll always be remembered, but it doesn't erase all the good that has happened since he's taken over. Um, it just certainly now puts a, it, you, wasted, you wasted a year.
3: You
1: know, the year before, they got waxed by Kansas City. We Good we, run. We, we talked about the chip shot, field
2: Good goals. Run. You yep. know, we, we coached afraid. But they were going to lose that game regardless. But then this year, he learned from that, right? Right. Don't we feel yeah. like he – well, for the most part, we felt he like
1: – I mean, they punted twice. They,
2: they killed two possessions that led to touchdowns. Which is unbelievable because they weren't playing that way. And it does – there is a feel to it. Like, when it gets a little too tight, he gets tight. There's – a player brought that up too we get into it but like there's something
1: maybe to that i don't know what the balance is in terms of we've talked i hate bringing everything back to rex because we've talked about it but there were days you know i'm at the buffalo news in 2015 writing some stories and i'm seeing that decked out bills truck leaving the facility for and change and sean i mean sean McDermott, see i i get the hire like He's the opposite of that. He's as a as a grunt in Philly, you know. Back. In,
2: back in, we were together.
1: Yeah. He's, he's getting up that's at how he four
2: a.m. He was. You know. He's. That's how he learned it. I don't know if that's necessarily how he, though. No. I, I don't think it has to be that. I think I think technology has helped. I think you know the, the game has evolved where I don't you don't need to. You
1: really
3: don't. I mean, think, it's,
2: about, I mean, think about your profession. Listening to this, like,
3: it's, whatever you do in
1: life, if you try to get up at three, like, I'm, I'm, like, I we've mentioned on here. I'll get it. I'm writing a book. And yeah. there's a lot of mornings I'll get up at three, three thirty because we've got the two kiddos. And yeah, I was there's say, three, it's your only two, chance to get in. There's so many mornings it's like my brain doesn't turn on until
2: I've had three cups of coffee. coffee. It <laughs> takes
3: it takes a little time.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's we've really, all been. I, I look. I've been in college offices, NFL They try to stay as late as they can. Usually at night they're all sleeping in their office like they're just falling asleep because they're afraid to go home.
1: How much of that is just because you don't want people seeing you going
2: home That's what it is like it's just it's scary like it's sad but it doesn't take away from how passionate they they are passionate. They do. Everybody wants to win. The coaches want to win. Sean wants to win. Players want to win. It's all about the players. And I think that's what's happening is the players are like, we talk coaches don't win games, but they can lose games. That this is coming across very much that way where they're like, Hey coach, what else can we do? We shouldn't even, I mean, It looked like we weren't going to win. We we did. We go right down the field. We were the ones that our quarterback was ice in his veins. Like he was. I mean, the coaching put the players in position to lose. To lose the game. I've well said. It's well said. And now I don't think that can be more than execution. I, I think that's your point of this. That's all you're saying. You're not even. Which I like. I, nobody ever. Went, Sean shouldn't be fired or anything like that. Sure. It shouldn't be a thought. That's not what you're saying. No. Just give it. Just talk about
3: it.
2: Talk about it. Speak human beings. Talk it's about it. It's how we started the whole podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like when we first spoke, fans deserve to know how it went down. This is why we didn't draft Mahomes. We didn't want him. We didn't see him as the future. We were going to roll with tie rod. The new coach said, let's roll with Tyrod." rod. Okay. Plan in place. Let's get ammo. We can do blah, blah, blah. Point B. Why not? Yeah. Why not talk about it? Because, yeah, that hurt. I mean, that hurts us. We look back on that. like, But
3: what
2: you, are you know, talking about? Just talk about it. It was... I I don't I don't mean to make a light. Of it. No, don't like, you know you know what's wild is look what's going on in the world. Oh, with, that's that's when this becomes that's like.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, look, Russia is invading Ukraine. It
2: it's hard to even imagine.
1: Uh, I'm trying to around the fringes catch as much as coverage as I can, and it's 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 heartbreaking. It's shocking. It's something straight out of what you read in your history textbook in fourth grade about. It doesn't, doesn't even seem real. You know, something hundreds of years ago doesn't seem real it doesn't i mean and it's happening and that's real like that's real life shit all right people are dying every day this is football this is a game that's what i'm saying so talk about right talk about everybody get the sticks out of your asses and let's talk about it it. right it doesn't it's not nuclear codes you know we're not talking to foreign ambassadors about
2: like execution execution I'm, I'm moving forward it was like And he's not
1: the only one. No. There's a lot of coaches no, like this, no a lot doubt. of GMs like, like this. But yeah. let's, let's just talk about a game. It's an outlet from that kind of stuff. You know? And that's why I appreciate you doing this with me, Jim. Like well, it's, it's people love these stories. They want to know what happened behind the scenes and I it is. It's
3: and you kind know what, end, right?
1: while, while you're thinking of that thought, I'll just say these players and coaches and people that I talked to for this story, it kind of had that type of feel. You know, I think they just wanted to talk about it. That's all, That's and, all it is. You know, they're not, and, and granted, there were a lot that that are terrified. They're terrified to talk because we, they
2: see their head coach and how he's at the podium. So, we've talked about this. The disastrous Doug Whaley press conference when Rex, you know, Rex was decided. You know, they let we let Rex. Rex was fired with one game to go under I mean, the. Right. Doug wasn't privy. Yeah. That was the word, right? And we all know how that went down. Desa- the worst thing ever, right? Because it was a rough press conference. So it was awful, and Doug knows it. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew it because. They just didn't want Doug to just tell the truth. And that's what happens. And here we are again, it's like, just, it's football. You know what it happens. Hey, Rex, Rex wasn't happy, whatever it was, but it was you, the media took that. It's don't, don't take us for it. You guys are looking at like, really? You're acting like the GM didn't know what was going on. And then we've had Doug Whaley oh, yeah. he, on he's, this podcast
3: and There's nobody more, than anybody. There's nobody more
2: honest, personable, and and, and accountable. And he would have, if, if they yeah. was, hey, Doug, get out here and explain everything. And just tell he everybody did. what's he going did. on. He, t- he would say, look, this isn't good. Rex isn't happy. Terry's not happy. I'm, we're not happy, blah, 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 whatever. It blew up. Anthony Lynn's gonna take over. I feel like Doug Whaley
1: was told
2: by somebody, maybe PR. Oh, it was, it was well, it comes from, it comes maybe a little higher, but bottom line is. But
3: just, if he had
2: an opportunity to be himself. I told you, they were trying to coach Doug up in the dam before that press conference. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Let him go tell what's going on. Let's just be humans talking to humans. Why do you think Tyrod was upset? He wanted to play. But there was a thing in this contract, he got hurt, then he was due the month simple so, because everybody kind of knew it anyway that's what i'm saying who would who in that press everybody in that press conference they wouldn't have been shocked they'd be like okay right. thank you for telling us that thank you for telling us that. everybody would, thank you thank you instead of wow you're just taking us for like you guys are taking us for amateurs like we don't you act like we don't
3: know what's going on
2: that was bad and i guess I, that was a good lesson for me because i stood there i'm like oh my god this is not right and
3: just talk about it. Who cares? Who cares?
2: I thought Joe Shane did some good stuff with um, listening to him talk about yeah. Daniel Jones. And hey, you know, we see some good things, but look, we're not like he's not like blowing smoke. And because he's right on what he's saying, Daniel Jones does some good things, but it doesn't mean Joe Shane seems like I, a I just normal. I felt like those games have been. I, yeah. I hope they continue it. I think their press conferences have been honest, like, honest. yep, honest. And I liked hearing that. And just, just talk about it. It's a game. It's a sport. Yeah.
1: You know, I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, what may be running through the brains of people on the other side, and where I might get people being paranoid and terrified, and is the nature of sports media in 2022, which, obviously pissed me off. It's a big reason I launched so long. It's something I'm trying to cut away from, but it's very, everybody's obsessed with what is going to trend on Twitter. Like, what are people going to be offended by? What are people going to get obsessed over in this hour of this day that is going to get somebody fired? Right, what's going to be that headline? You know what? Who's hurt by this thought in this opinion? Like, screw that. Who gives a shit? That's why I liked your story so much. Is you're not. That's. I think that's why you get you. you have the sticks up the asses in this league. I think. I think a lot of people are terrified of actually... Twitter. Like they're terrified. If I say this thing, it's going to take off and be
2: misinterpreted. So, what? What harm, if Sean came out and just told everybody there was confusion? I agree. I, no, I agree with you. I think is it's there just, any? I'm right. I it's mean, better
1: I'm... to be honest. And if you have a little quote where it makes you look bad. It'll make you look bad for a day, It's, but it's the truth. It's, the, it, it's as close to honesty as you can get. And then people
2: will be able hey, to live with it because they, they have closure. It's that Shaggy song, It Wasn't Me. <laughs> and it's like, everybody knows it was you. Yeah. Yes, it was you, but lie till you die, all that. Sean should have played that. He likes to play music in the mornings, so and like he should just. Did play. He to Shaggy. Well, he should he should have had that playing when that, that day when they all came in.
3: It wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> I
1: feel like half of Shaggy's songs are about cheating on his significant other, <laughs> but but I'm not gonna I'm gonna lie about it. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: Was not me? Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna get really caught, but it, I'm gonna lie about it. Yeah, yeah. But that's how I feel. I feel like Sean's just like. Sean, sure, we, we know you did it. Like, just talk about it. Everybody knows it. The special teams coach left for Jacksonville.
3: Yep.
2: From a team that is going to be in the AFC Championship. We're fighting for the Super Bowl every year as long as Josh Allen And then you also have the text messages between
1: the nephew of John Mara, of the New York Giants, Tindra Donald, and Brian Flores and him saying that Brian Dayball may just be you know, your offensive coordinator because he's not happy in Buffalo. So there, that's a whole other, I mean,
2: that's going to be. But don't
1: worry, Jim. At, at the combine, they were asked about it, and they said <laughs> there's no friction. So there's no friction. Don't Nothing to see here. You know, you know at a podium when there are cameras and microphones and everything, that's what they said, so that's the case. Nothing to see here
2: at all. Move on. Move on. I'm the combine. It's God. There's certain things I'm so happy I don't have to be a part of. <laughs> I can't even. If number one on the list would probably be the combine for me. I never liked it. I don't miss it. I see the hand size stuff coming out. And I just want pick it? Right? Can't play. Played in cold weather. No, no issues ever. Now we're gonna break down the hand
3: signs.
1: <laughs> the best was uh, Ross Tucker saying that. Yeah, that was oh, great. that was great. can yeah. he pick a campaign? A city like Pittsburgh. Although city. Joe Burrow did a pretty good one
2: too. Like, yeah, I may have to step down. But point being is, it's like. Everything is out there now, I feel like. Like, I feel like finally people are seeing that the Combine's ridiculous and making fun of it. I don't know, though. Oh, you think people are still like – I mean, Malik Willis threw a a
1: 60-yard incomplete pass and the NFL Twitter account is, you know, throwing out the fire emojis to it or whatever they did, like – it's an incomplete pass with no defense. Are, are we really gonna drool over this right now? Look, look, he may be incredible, and he's got some gifts. And I'm just talking about this play. I, it came across well, my feet. Like, yeah, that's enough of
2: Twitter. You plays. should you should never crush a guy at the combine, and you should never worship a guy from the combine. I mean, it, it, it's ridiculous. Use it as a tool, or whatever you like analytically. How you like to scout? There's there is good from the combine. There is, but. It can't be your. Uh... So, and what happens is a lot of times this is the first time coaches are seeing these guys. You know they haven't had time to look at these players. That's not their job. So coaches go out there. And it's the first time they're seeing a guys. So the first time they see a, pick hand size. And, you know, Sean Payton used to talk about hand size for quarterbacks. He did. I, made him, I, I But I don't remember us ever having like. I don't. I can't say it ever. Other than. I think he would always say. I think coaches like say, ideally, we would like his hand size to be ten, you know, nine and a half, ten, you know, okay. But it doesn't take away from. Yeah. I mean, it's just insane. It's insane. So when you're
1: like, when you're working for the Bills and you get these fifteen-minute speed dates, right? They're like, oh, – go ahead. What's like the craziest go, uh, story you have? Well, you I can tell you where
2: like and this is this is great so how many people can meet their significant other in 15 minutes and know it's right or wrong i you know no, I'm, I'm saying i mean maybe, me, me and maybe, gina met on uh so you guys knew on 15 yeah, minutes one date
1: in and we kind of knew we were getting married so so 15 minutes no that you know our first day we were it was about four and a half hours at uh Barney Soror, So it's a little more. It's a little bit more
2: than 15 minutes, you're right. Um I can think of disaster interviews when you just feel for the guy, Josh Norman, when I was with the Saints. Really? Oh. Was that felt, bad? I just felt for him. Why? It wasn't right. They so we had these guys look at their plays. They were using an Xbox controller. Cause that's how you would rewind the play. Like they were hooked up it was, I mean, that part was nice. Okay, Hey, Josh, here's a look at your, it was watching your plays at Coastal Carolina, good and bad. Okay, what did you do wrong on this play? Rewind it. What are you seeing on the formation? What do you see? Talk us through it. You know, and it's, it's just a way to basically talk film with a player. Josh was nervous. He was struggling with it. He was struggling with it. Coach Payton walked out of the room. Really? left one half um coach Payton was a part of that draft he ended it's funny after that combine, I think is when his suspension kicked in so he wasn't even a part of that draft um which I can remember too because Josh I didn't love Josh horn because he couldn't run the, the whole NFL didn't obviously because where he went yeah because of his 40 time and this takes us full circle yeah there was no player that was a better ball hawk, a better press quarter, an instinctive player, loved football. He slept with a football in his
1: he bed through He loved
2: football. I remember doing a story at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel talking to him on a college. Yeah. I, I think oh, I was growing, yeah. And my point of that was where th- that, that 15 minute interview killed Josh Norman for the Saints. Wow. Just because oh, of that. I think Mahomes, were... when Mahomes interviewed with us, his voice was a concern. Because it now his voice is different. It is odd. He's worked on it, I think. I think. Really, it was a concern. We had him calling plays in the in the fifteen minute thing. I'm sitting in the back with Terry. I sat in the back that time. I was sitting back there with Terry. Now
1: Terry
2: I knew how much, him. It didn't matter. And you know, he said, "I'm thinking. I'm sitting back there thinking to myself." Are we really judging this guy, on his like his voice who was judging him on his voice? Well, it, it was talked about when he left the room. I mean, to, not in a, not like, oh, I, I, not more just like, well, I've never heard a voice like that. That's different. You know, Right. that's what happened. Well, it's okay. really held him back. Jerry. Oh, stop. Now I laugh at myself thinking about Mahomes sometimes because I was concerned about, you know. Well, I don't know if he's gonna get away with his, you know, his risk taking and love like, you weren't alone there. No, but obviously a lot of people saw stuff, but the voice or Josh Norman not feeling comfortable talking. I know I know Norman pretty well. I should
1: shoot him a text. Maybe we get him on here to talk about
2: that. That'd be far. I wonder far. if he'd remember it. Yeah. He probably would. I could take him through it because I remember because I as the Saints, the Area Scout would always kind of con- would be in the interview and kind of talk to and, and I'm like, oh, man. Oh, my God. That'd let's, be a good one to see. You to know what? Let's Arnold. catch up with Josh. That'd be a good Let one. But, yeah, Cordero Patterson, another one. I, you know, I had heard that he interviewed very poorly. Very poorly. They asked him, it's like, for us with the Saints, hey, what's your favorite play? He'd draw the formation, draw the defense. You know, they wanted you to draw all that. Because it tells you how much. Josh pretty much just put the quarterback, put himself out there. He drew up a slant. Or, uh, what did I say? Cordero. Josh.
3: Oh, I missed that whole thing about Patterson. I'm bad. sorry. I'm all over the place.
2: Cordero, Patterson. Patterson drew a slant. And he just said, I, I don't really care about whatever. He's like, slant. He drew it. said, just hit me right here. I'll take you to the house. But that's how his career I, has been. And it was awesome. <laughs> that's how his career has been. But he Get gets labeled right away as... Well, he's not football smart, and, and you heard that from coaches too. You know, our our Bob McGinn here at Go Long, I mean, he
1: does. And everybody out there, subscribe Bob now because his draft coverage is going to be. Oh, I, I. Insane. You know, I'm not going to do a lot of draft coverage. We're going to lean on Bob. He's for been that. talking to scouts nonstop, transcribing. He has nonstop. all that. Yep. Um, definitely, we'll announce everything that we have going on there. But I'll never forget with Patterson. Um, quarter out did I mess that up I think bad. everybody does
2: Port, Cordero, Cordero, Port, like...
1: quarter quarter,
2: quarter out and he's one of my favorite players I've ever scouts told Bob like he's not gonna be able to run routes in the NFL well we same thing right? I had a I love I love them. And our director, Scouting for the Saints at the time, came back from his pro day and said the same thing. Can't run about because he's so high he's high cut. Yeah, he is. And he's not to be but honest, but it doesn't
1: but it hasn't mattered in terms of
2: he can't. That's 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 where you have to separate. Okay, so how do you use them then? And I think teams have I mean, you've seen what's happened with him. I mean he's a player that makes me feel old. You know, I've covered the streets and- 2010. He's, like he's, and he's been around since 2012. So we're t- so we're just going to throw out the 215 pound, running a 4-3, tough, explosive, loves football, yeah. because he doesn't necessarily know the defense that he's going against. Why
1: is it only 15 minutes? At
2: the Why don't they let you guys talk too long? Is it just is it such high demand for all of them? high demand? So what they do is you can have as much time as you want in the, they call it the train station room. It's so, this is, this makes me embarrassed. I don't even like talking about it. but you could spend more time with them in the train station. Those are the formal interviews. And usually those are the guys that obviously they're probably the higher profile players. Um, so you get to, every team's gonna want some time. With this. And a lot of it's for guys that you wanna, that you wanna hear about if they got in trouble or, but
1: then you can bring in 30 to
2: your 30 to your team and that's
1: then you can spend you can spend
2: two days with like you can you're gonna spend, bring like, the Giancarlo. that's and the where team. the dinners happen
3: that's where you see personalize that's where
2: you see you know the the hottest state guys and who's the alpha male eli apple they were picking on eli apple Giancarlos, you know and eli was getting pissed off at those guys and like that's when you're like man this is interesting like, <laughs> Garrett Bowles, the left tackle for Denver, you know, like he was whacked out in a good way, but he was whacked out. I mean, he was, I loved him, you know, I loved it, but it was just like, until you get to you spend dinner with them and hear that you see Jarrett McKinnon from Georgia Southern and Mike Evans at the same dinner. Mike Evans is getting in an argument with Rob Moore, our receivers coach at the time, and McKinnon's just sitting there like, "What is is this really, like McKinnon was from Georgia Southern. He was so happy to be there. It was, Quiet and still script. in the league doing his thing was a key part, like spark yeah, that offense. What a player. But those are the things I love those. I, I got so much more out of those things learning about play. I saw Dak Prescott come in and be the leader, you know, um, I could go on and on, really. those dinners were they everything you you could find out everything about about a guy. Bring a full circle because you're being human beings talking about a game. And you're not having them in a 15 minute room asking them, you know, whatever the crazy questions you're trying to stump them on or make them nervous. That happens a lot, like teams are Oh well then you try to you always have the tough guy, the bad cop, you know, coming in hard watch you know, here's some bad plays on you. What'd you do here? Why'd you really? You can find I can find ten bad plays from Josh Allen this year. You know what? Right. We're gonna really we're gonna harp on that. I hate everything about the way. I just think you should watch film, do listen to the coaches and the scouts. Yeah. It, it, they, you get the you get you know these guys, but the, the fifteen minute thing. And then guys can walk out of there because a lot of times you're just talking football. Too. These coaches just want to know how much they know. And some guys, you walk out there, oh shit, he could coach, he could coach for us right now. Maybe there's
1: a oh, moment, a brief moment. It could be three point seven seconds where you're just, wow, like, and, and you lose it. And okay,
2: they have to you, do that. Swept up they might have it. twenty. They might have twenty interviews that night. They, they're going into every room like this is a dream come oh. true for these guys. They're sitting in front of head coaches that they've watched, you know, on TV, yeah. and but now they're kind of feeling like, "Oh, I thought you wanted me. You're kind of attacking me." And that, yeah, that's a nerve wracking. You know, it's just to me, it's a, and then on top of that, they have to get ready to go perform you know, athletically the very next morning. So you're going to be in interview till freaking ten thirty at night. I mean, you gotta get up at six to warm up and start your full crop. It's just, it's the worst. It's not right. It's just, and then you're walking to the convention center and you see players practicing at
3: forty. I love minutes. when you say
2: that because it makes. So, but I think, I think when the combine, I think once again, evolution, technology. Yes, I think there was a time when it was beneficial to be able to do this all in one spot. Travel was more difficult. Scouting was different then. Now everybody has access to everything.
3: But,
2: Oh, yeah. I'd like to see it get back to where guys. Just work out the pro day. Let's get back to going to your school. and are always here. a little better at the pro day. So, right? Because they're in their own atmosphere and they're yeah. they're not getting they're not doing a medical and a you know, formal interview that might be cool, where they're mentally stressed and they're they might not have slept all night because they're stressed about the right. interview and. Oh, man, I wish I would have said that again with Cleveland, Or it's true. You don't know what goes through these guys' minds. And they're thinking, man, if I don't run this 4-2 tomorrow, then I'm going to have to run the Pro Day or whatever. Joe Hayden was a guy I always think about, you know, didn't run great the combine. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I mean, all of the world fell apart. And Florida, I was at Florida's Pro Day, then he ran fine. It's it just some guys, just, it's just... just... I don't but know. But to play devil's pretty. advocate,
1: though, look, look, I mean, you get on. You're getting ready to get paid a lot of money. Well, NFL Sunday, there's going to be adversity. You better be able to handle it. So, did they handle it on tape
2: when he was playing in Florida covering in the SEC? Dude, it's, it's just a. We're going to throw out everything he did in the SEC because he ran a four-five-three 5 3 at the combine and not a four-four-eight. which yeah. I've said this before. If a guy runs a 4-5-3 against a guy that ran a 4-4-8, four, four, you wouldn't really know by the eye who won that race. Do you understand that? Yeah. You wouldn't really know who won that
3: race. Yeah.
2: That's how a 4-4, 4-5-3 and 4-4-8 four, four, are almost the same thing, but a 4-4-8 four, four, just looks so much better. It's the same thing. Somebody always takes the bait
1: every year, too. Somebody, I mean, Al Davis, God rest his soul, is every year, pretty much.
2: I think there's a uh, guy. I'd have to think about if you got enamored. Well, Robert Meacham was a good player for us with New Orleans. I loved him. Um, but one thing you realize watching him go through the process at the combine, he wasn't comfortable like in the interview process. He's very soft spoken, not a um, necessarily a football guru. His route running at the combine wasn't great. He was a bigger guy, right? But he's 220 pounds. and ran a 4-4, low 4-4, high 4-3. I'd have to go back and look. Bottom line is, he led our team in touchdowns the year. We won the Super Bowl. So use them the way you can use them. But there's a that was a thing where on tape, I did learn some things about Mutrim through the process that I didn't always see on tape, where he wasn't as fluid a route runner as I thought he may have been.
1: There's times too. I mean, I so you can get some things. I have a love hate thing with the combine because I do. Too. I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but I feel like it, it, you. It's I don't think it's necessarily what Colin Kaepernick made it out to be in terms of slavery. That's I feel that's like the extreme. It, it, the, I, the height weight that part. Right. The first day is very strange. I went to one way and I'm like, what the hell
2: is this? I think it's the strangest. Yeah, standard.
3: you're, in, you're
1: in, in your
2: underpants, or you're. You know, I, I think that yeah, part—that's odd. That needs to stop. That's ridiculous. ridiculous. Okay, I think that part. He was but the drills me. and the drills agility stuff. That's like It's fancy. your benefit.
1: You're you're bringing value to yourself by jumping really high in the sky, running a good forty, catching passes well. Like well, if you perform, you're you're helping your stock. I mean, you're showing, and you're and as a GM, as somebody running a team, you're going to see who's fluid. No doubt. You are know who's eating.
2: One after the next, where you're going to see Meacham run around, yeah. and then another guy in that draft class run it right after him. And you are compete; you do see side by side of quarterbacks throwing. Like Cam Newton didn't throw well at the combine. No, he didn't.
3: I he had everybody up. making fun of me because like you like him. I'm
2: like I'm sorry, just won a national championship. For then a you team also that have had no players. On the flip side, I, I still
1: remember Johnny Manziel's press conference in the media, like everybody rushing toward the podium to be around him, it was like a, a herd of elephants and we're just all around him, we're all like, and he knocked it out of the park. It was, so many stories are written, so many tweets He were, was built for that. that he, state. oh, he added down to with T, oh, grown, grown man, matured, learned from his mistakes. I mean, it was
2: smooth, his delivery was off the charts and he only got worse way worse i did a so when i was working for the, in the aaf for the san diego fleet mike March was our head coach and manzel was wanted to play in the aaf so he was out in san diego so i went um whitfield george whitfield was yeah his, so whitfield we i went to this high school and worked manzel out <laughs> and when we it was it was a i i've manzel i knew what he was i mean he was not never going to be but, but he had, I mean, he did have, he had big hands, believe it or not. He was a smaller quarterback, but it was okay. Cause he had big hands. But anyway, he, um. I remember being in the car with him after the workout, we were going somewhere. Oh, we were going back cause he was going back to talk to Marks at our facility. And uh, I remember just, he was talking about his girlfriend at the time and Hey, things are, you know, things have been good with us and um, things are changing, and I remember sitting there thinking, nothing's changing. Man. Like, I think two months later, they broke up. He ended up signing with Memphis in the AF. It was, and he played fine, but I remember thinking, watching him, like, at the high school, at the workout, I'm like, I feel like I'm watching, like, a, you know, a, maybe an average, good average Division 1 quarterback. Like, I'm not looking at this, like, NFL can't miss, like, He's five, whatever, he was five, eleven. I mean
1: I guess Mike Evans is a stud. Mike Evans
3: definitely. He's still Johnny
1: though. Like remember watching a, those games, was, it was, was exciting. Was an
2: incredible college How football. How did he do it? Well, I think a lot of the, the playmaking the playmaking changes in the NFL. Yeah. Reggie Bush couldn't get away with the stuff he got away with. Him. Right. Manziel couldn't either. Guys are just too fast on defense. Like, there's just too many good players on defense. Yeah. That's all. I think that's all it is. And for Manziel, that was back in the, I mean, he was playing back in the, when Texas AM wasn't in the SEC and the Big 12. They weren't playing any good defense. There's no defense there. So there's a lot you could break down. I just think about all this stuff we do with these guys. And it's like, man, it's, they go through a lot. Like Manziel went through, I mean, I I, I was thinking that too. Here's a guy that was a first round pick, Heisman. Did he win a Heisman? Yeah. Yeah freshman Heisman trophy blah, blah, blah. and here we are in a, in a car we just worked out of high school in san diego to play for a, the aaf he really did try to hang wow. out as long as he
1: could didn't he, he did. To his he, credit he wanted to play he, was in, all in, he was in great shape i mean he did
2: he was fine he looked fine what was a fan controlled football league he tried to play in that thing was i uh, whatever happened to that it didn't get off the ground i don't think or yeah. it didn't it didn't last maybe. like a few weeks that idea I, I just remember he had that interview after win or lose we booze. Yeah, right. And that's it. They don't change. It's fine. Good. But anyway, it can I think the whole point of this is stick to the tape. Don't let the combine ruin what you evaluated and don't let it, you know, ruin it good or bad. Just use it as a tool. There are things you can get from the combine. I do right. believe that. I just the 15 minute thing is like
1: I do miss it. You know, I had well, so much work to do back here. I didn't make it this year for the first time in years, years, but, So that uh, was a staple for you. Yeah, so I was trying to work the phones hard best we could for this story, but it is very beneficial to hearing things. Oh, hearing it's, it's, at, yes. it's,
2: every deal's getting done. Oh yeah. Oh, I told you at, that. that's where, that's yeah, where I was, at, at I was trying to, tra- oh yes. In between workouts, I'm meeting with Matt Russell with the Denver Broncos trying to trade for um <laughs> That's right. Tyrod, we were and, talking about
1: that this time last year.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, everything's getting done. Agents are out there, free agency. Every free agent deals are getting done now.
3: Yeah.
2: It's not when the clock strikes, you know how we all think. I, I believe that they're following,
1: you know, the, the rules. The rules of tampering. No, I just hope that Aaron Rodgers drags us out a little long because I think we need to discuss him. We almost made it through a whole podcast here. With up. Don't, we Don't we did Mahomes, to, we, we know. did Rogers, so we, we stuck we to it, it.
2: Every all our our usuals. All right. Yep. That's gonna do that it. That was good. I think. That was a fun time. Great job on the story.
0: Thanks, I really Jim. I appreciate
2: it as a just a football, uh, hearing it was wow. Wow. Thank
1: you for your perspective. Just really fun to read. Fun to read. We always kind of come back to that perspective you have in that interview room with him. But uh, no, I, I feel like we, we're gonna with this podcast of course but at the newsletter itself if there's a pressing question if there's something you feel out there that isn't getting answers let me know we're gonna to try to figure it out because i mean i feel like they're in the, this nfl the way it's set up apparently the nfl sent out a memo everything's back to normal so hopefully locker rooms will open back up for the media right maybe they'll make up they, they just got rid they'll of make up a new strand of COVID got rid tells, of covid Such cool bullshit side tell you, it was great last week to see my niece and nephew go to school with a smiling face fill up a stadium at the Super Bowl no these kids had to wear it. it's it's so funny to see how many uh, other I'm that. sorry I'm sorry no, it's I'm very, gonna, I got it. it's a sensitive subject a for sensitive many subject.
3: but don't know how we got on that
2: sometimes you got therapy yeah our podcast it's therapy for me <laughs>
1: There you go. All right. Thanks, everyone. (laughs)